there is a time of ugly. <laughs> there, is, there is a time of not looking so great. There is a time where it's not beautiful and we have to endure those ugly moments. It doesn't look good at all. It looks ugly. It looks bad. It looks, it looks anything but beautiful. But God says he makes everything beautiful in its time. Welcome to Think Like a Champion, a podcast dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. I'm going to continue part two of the power of persistence. I'm calling this teaching Press On. I'm calling this podcast Press On because God has anointed you and equipped you to win in life. And when you press on and when you push forward, you're going to run into success. And whether that's in winning souls or whether that's in building a business or whether that's in uh, really building a family and building a great, great relationships in your family. Before we dive in, though, I want to thank everyone who has written a review or shared this podcast on social media. Thanks for helping us expand our community of champions. Every post that you that you reshare, every review that you give, it really makes such a difference in helping us reach more people. So thank you and keep on sharing. Now, we're talking about pressing on. We referenced in our last podcast the, the power of Philippians chapter 3 and the pr progression that is described there, which really needs to be the secret sauce of success, is progress. That he says, forgetting what lies behind, Paul says, forgetting what this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what is ahead, I press on. And sometimes you got to press on alone. We need each other and we need to be a part of a church family, but sometimes the people that help us in the beginning, they don't want to press on. The people we're running with don't want to press on. That's why Paul said, I press on. So I can't be responsible. I'm going to encourage other people and inspire other people, but I can't be responsible for them to press on. I have to be responsible for me. You got to be responsible for you to press on. If you will stay with it in whatever endeavor you're in, if it's a good thing, you will win. Just don't give up. We speak from Scripture that we walk through the valleys of the shadows of death. But the key of that verse is to keep walking, walking through, walking through. Don't sit and wait. Don't camp and just sing a depressed song. No, keep walking. Play whatever funky music you want to, but keep walking. And if you will, you will succeed no matter what life throws at you. What a great what about some personal examples of people who have actually done this? We 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 know of the great. Wilma Rudolph, a remarkable journey from a girl with polio that could barely walk to an Olympic gold medalist. After enduring polio and setbacks time after time, she ended up winning three gold medals at the 1960 Olympics, setting an inspirational record for women. But not just an inspiration for women, an inspiration for all, for men and women, boys and girls. What a story and what we sometimes allow to imprison us. You know, the prisons of this world that where criminals are held, or it should be criminals that are held there, those aren't the only prisons in this world. There's prisons in our head. There's prisons in our hearts. There's prisons in our minds. There's prisons in our relationships. And if we will 
awaken to the idea that we, whatever hand we're dealt doesn't have to be what we end up with. We can make it better. You know, you can, even in poker, you can trade a few of your cards for some new ones. You can roll the dice again, not in a gambling sense, but in the sense that you got to take some risks and break some barriers, no matter what people said were your limitations. Here's another great example of somebody who persevered when they was when they were faced with setback after setback after setback. This man failed in business at the age of 22, ran for legislature at the age of 23 and was defeated. He again failed in business at the age of 24. Now think about these ages, 23, 24, elected to legislature 25. His love of his life died when he was 26. He had a nervous breakdown when he was 27. He was defeated for Speaker of the House in at the age of 29. He was defeated for Congress, defeated for electoral elector at age 31, defeated for you already know who I'm talking about, defeated for Congress at age 34, elected to Congress at age 37, defeated for Congress again at age 39, defeated for Senate at age 46, defeat, defeated for vice president at age 47, defeated for Senate <laughs> age 49, but elected president of the United States at age 51. That is the record of Abraham Lincoln. Failure after failure, defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat, ultimately though culminating in the creation of the Emancipation Proclamation and his presidency that changed America and changed the world. If he would have been soft on himself after a nervous breakdown, after being defeated already, after failing in business twice, after losing his love and after being defeated again, and at any point he could have quit and there would have been somebody else in that pivotal, that pivotal moment. You know, there's a pivotal moment that's coming to this world and coming while you're alive. There's going to be a pivotal moment that is going to need you. It's going to be a pivotal moment, maybe for a child that you that you have, maybe for a spouse, maybe for your own health, maybe for somebody that you don't even know, a perfect stranger, maybe for a whole community of people, maybe for a whole family, a whole city, a whole nation. We don't know, but there's going to be a pivotal moment in your life. And when that pivotal moment happens and this world needs you, will you have quit after being defeated a few times or will you be still standing when that pivotal when that pivotal moment comes? You say, well, if it's not me, it'll be somebody else. But that's not how God does things. God is counting on you. God's put something special in you. God created you. You are an individual. You are uniquely made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. So don't ever underestimate the, your importance. Doesn't mean that you're more important than anybody else, but you're more important than the version of you that is quitting and failing. And there's something more important coming. Just don't don't give up. Listen, if somebody can be defeated 10 times and still get up again, 
So can you. And you won't be ready for that pivotal moment if you don't prepare now, if you don't press on now, if you don't make it through whatever hindrances, whatever difficulties, whatever tragedies, whatever you're facing. Boy, we've all faced tragedies and some on higher, you know, greater on the spectrum than others. But we all know what it's like to lose something. We all know what it's like to feel like giving up. We all know what it's like to feel like quitting. It's not a lot that the social media can teach you that God didn't already say. There's not a lot of secrets. No matter how many secrets people say in their book exist, there's really only one. Don't quit. There's really only one. Press on. If you can learn the skill of pressing on, forgetting what's behind you, reaching to what's ahead of you, pressing on when no one else might be pressing on around you, well, how do you become a person who learns to press on? Can I tell you that it starts with being humble. Humility is one of the great traits of pressing on and succeeding in life. I think that we see people that are successful, that, that are super successful. We don't always associate those people with humility, but truly the greatest people, and I don't mean just the richest, but the people that have made the greatest impact are usually people that are humble. That doesn't mean they don't have confidence. It means they don't have arrogance. Confidence is faith in God and faith that you're going to make it. Arrogance is thinking you're better than other people and condescending to other people and just thinking beating them is somehow what makes you a success or a champion or a winner and it's not that at all. You got to beat yourself. You got to you got to defeat last year's version of you. Humility is something that Paul demonstrates in this chapter of Philippians 3 when he says, not that I've already obtained all this. He talks about this great life of, in Philippians 2 and Philippians 3, but he says, not that I've already obtained it or have already been made complete. He said, but this one thing I do, he goes on to say, but one translation says about Philippians 3.12, I do not claim that I have already succeeded. The J.B. Phillips translation Lates it and renders it. I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually. This is real humility here that an apostle who's writing the book of Philippians from the prison and the last book he's going to write the last letter. And he says, I don't claim that I've already succeeded. He said, I don't consider myself to have arrived spiritually. You see, that's always a danger when Christians think they've arrived, when people think I've arrived. The success is not connected to your arrival. It's connected to the journey. And just make sure there's a departure and make sure there's progress. Don't worry about the arrival because God is in control of the timing of things. There's something very powerful about just hanging in there and pressing on and staying with it. In, I think it's in Ecclesiastes 3.11. Uh, 
where God says, or the writer Solomon in this case says that God makes all things beautiful in their time. He makes everything beautiful in its time. So there is a time of ugly. <laughs> there, is, there is a time of not looking so great. There is a time where it's not beautiful. And we have to endure those ugly moments. We have to endure those. Doesn't look so good. It's not, it doesn't look doesn't look good at all. It looks ugly. It looks bad. It looks, it looks anything but beautiful. But God says he makes everything beautiful in its time. So the secret, the miracle, the, the, the power is in enduring. The power is in making time your friend rather than your enemy. Instead of making your deadline, I got to be at such and such stage of success by such and such year. I, I got to make sure all my family is got it together by such and such time. Like God is not limited by time. So instead of being living under the gun of a clock, live under the humility and 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 trust that God is able to make it beautiful if you just give him time. He can't make it beautiful if you don't give it to him. If you give him your time, he'll make it beautiful. He'll make everything beautiful in its time. If you give him your money, he'll make your money and finances beautiful in time. Whatever you give him, he will make it beautiful if you give it to him and trust him. Humility really is a superpower. And it's something that, you know, God clothes us with many things. He clothes us with righteousness. He clothes us with royalty. He clothes us with his love, with his Holy Spirit. But he tells us to clothe ourselves with something. God brings most of the clothing, but the one garment, the one piece of clothing that he tells us to bring is humility when he says in first Peter and in James, clothe yourself with humility, clothe yourself with humility. Don't point at somebody else and say they really need to be humble. Clothe yourself. Don't try to clothe them. Clothe yourself with humility. Humility is that simplicity of 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 importance, like not feeling that you're unimportant, but not having a sense of more importance than others. And humility means to abide in Christ, to trust that God is in control when you don't have it all together, to trust that God is at work while you just hang in there. Humility is an attitude of being kind and being understanding of others and wanting the best for others and not being jealous Humility is just a beautiful, powerful thing that we can clothe ourselves with every day because pride is an enemy and it's very deceptive. But humility is a garment we can always put on. It just it doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. You know, you've heard that it's not thinking less of yourself It's not thinking of yourself small and unimportant. It's not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less thinking about yourself less. Don't always think about yourself. Be a servant. Jesus was 
the most humble. His greatest characteristic was not his power. That was easy, being God. His greatest characteristic was being humble because by being God and living among men, he was the best and the greatest of all human beings. But his greatest characteristic was humility. He said, come to me all that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest for I'm humble in heart. He said, I'm humble in heart. I'm approachable. Now, there's just something beautiful about this humility. Um, it's hard to get better or press on unless you're humbly honest with yourself. So we're talking about one of the ways to press on is that we, it takes humility. And in order to get better, you have to have the humility to admit where you need to grow, where admit, like name your struggle and name it, call it out and be honest with yourself about it. Um, listen, I know people, most of us sometimes we'd rather make excuses, we'd rather cover it up, we'd rather pretend it's not there, we'd rather ignore the obvious and live in fantasy island, but <laughs> it's hard to admit your marriage isn't working. It's hard to admit that you're not happy. It's hard to admit your dreams are shattered. It's hard to admit that your children are struggling. It's hard to admit that um, you're broke. It's hard to admit that you need help. It's hard to admit you have an addiction. These are hard things to admit, but the humility is in admitting it when it's hard. Admitting it first to yourself. God already knows, so you gotta be honest with yourself. But we need to have this humility. And then I think to to press on, we need to have desire. Paul said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's the gospel. Jesus took hold of me. He's saying, Jesus took hold of me, so I'm going to take hold of what he did for me. I'm going to hold on to what he did for me. I'm going to reach it. I'm going to live my life to, to, to experience what he paid for me to have. There's a desire there. Jesus said to a man at the pool of Bethesda who had been lame for 38 years, and he said, do you want to be made whole? Bartimaeus was blind, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Like he, he, didn't, he didn't need to see. He wanted to see, but he was a blind beggar, and he was begging, and he was making a living begging. But Jesus, and Jesus knew he was blind, so when he said, Jesus, have mercy on me, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? So if we're going to press on in life, if we're going to stay with it in life, we have to have the desire to win. We have to have a desire. He said, what do you want me to do? You gotta like, have a good relationship with your desires. Understand that, that the des having desire is not a bad thing. And the word desire in the Bible is we defined by the word lust. We always associate the word lust with something bad, but lust is simply the word epithumia in Greek. It means strong desire. Yes, there are times when there's a lust for something that you shouldn't have, but there's nothing wrong with strong desire for what you should have and what God wants you to have. There's nothing wrong with having strong desire to get out of debt, strong desire to get in a community of people that are winning, to, get, to, to have strong desire to, to get fit, to get, to, to get in good shape, strong desire to succeed and, and prosper and, and, and make money so that you can be a blessing, so that you can be 
outrageously generous. Man, God wants us to be outrageously successful so we can be outrageously generous. If it's just outrageously successful and there's no generosity with it, it's really not success. If it's really just uh, prosperous financially but not prosperous in generosity, it's really not prospering. You see, if we have to realize that God put in us the strong desire for making progress and for making people, building people, inspiring others, and making money and being successful and, and being a good steward with what, man, you have talents, I have talents. Some of us, we have barely scratched the surface of our talents and don't give up. But oftentimes I think the motivation behind why do we want to succeed is, is, is mixed up. And the reason should never be because I want people to see me as a success or because I want to be popular or I want to be an influencer or I want to, you know, I want to get uh, the blue check mark on my Instagram account or I want to, you know, have all these followers. No, 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 no. The reason to be a success is to make an impact in the lives of others, to create yourself into the best version of yourself and give that person as a, serve, as a servant and in the service of others. Well, we need to have desire. We need to have focus. In order to press on, we need to focus on the right things. Paul said, I press on to the high call, the high purpose, the upward call. I'm pressing on. We have to focus on what's right in front of us. Some people have asked me, how do I succeed in an international business? I said, well, have you ever had a lemonade stand? Have you ever had a garage sale? Have you ever, in other words, you want to, to, to experience this great success, but you don't want to start with small wins. And if we will focus not on what you want to accomplish 50 years from now and what you want to achieve 10 years from now, conquer what is right in front of you. Focus on the thing that is right in front of you. I, I, I like to describe it as your calling is found in your conquering. In other words, if you want to know what God's calling for your life is. Everybody wants to know God's will for their life. What is God calling on my life? Conquer the thing that is right in front of you. Conquer your kitchen and clean it. Conquer your desk and organize it. Conquer your body and make it healthy. Conquer your appetites. Conquer your words. Conquer what's right in front of you and you will always succeed. You will. I just call it having focus and I, I have this, this kind of this pattern that I would say holy humility, like these are the ingredients of pressing on, holy humility, holy desire, which is having the right desires, holy focus, which is focusing on the things that, are, that God wants you to focus on, what's right in front of you, holy amnesia. We need, to have, we need to have that in our lives. As long as we're looking back and as long as we're, you know, just regretful and negative about our past, uh, we will stay defeated. As long as we're focusing on our mistake, we're going to stay defeated. We have to have holy amnesia. We have to learn the art of forgetting things. I talked to you about that last time, so I won't focus as much on that. But holy amnesia is a, a real gift from God. We should just ask God for it. God, give us. That means that we forget the things we need to forget. We remember the things we need to remember 
and we forget the things we need to forget. That's why I call it holy amnesia. In other words, let's forget the things that God wants us to forget, and let's remember the things that, are, that matter that God wants us to remember. And so this is, this is how you press on. You, you, you need to acquire this holy amnesia. Ask God for it. Lord, give me holy amnesia. Help me to forget the things that my failures. Help me to forget the things that, are, that keep tripping me up. Help me to forget my, my pain so that I won't protect it all the time. Sometimes we have a, a pain in our body and we, we, we get used to protecting it. We get used to sort of defending it rather than letting it heal and seeking treatment. So we need to learn how to shake things off and forget. Holy amnesia, holy aim is uh, the last one I'll have time to give you. But holy aim is aim in your life in the right direction. Like really going after what, what makes a significant difference in this world. What can you do to make an impact? Aim for that. What can you do? Aim, have a goal, have a vision. The Bible says without a vision, in Proverbs, without a vision, people perish. Without a vision, people, it actually is translated as they run aimlessly. They run without aim. We need a vision for our lives. I'm going to ask God to give you a vision for your life, a vision for your business, a vision for your career, a vision for your family. Father, give us vision. Give us eyes to see. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to give every person a vision for their life, every person a vision for a greater impact. Give every person an awakening. You said you, young men would see visions and old men would dream dreams. Father, I thank you that every person Every man, every woman, every child will have a vision for their life and have a dream for their life and that it would come from you, just like Joseph's dream came from, from you. Give us your dream. Give us your vision for our lives in the name of Jesus. Now just say, I receive eyes to see God's purpose for my life, God's vision for my life, God's will for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, wow, I got so much to get to on the topic of vision. How about if we just stop there and come back and in our next podcast, we will talk about the power of vision and the steps to experiencing it in your life. Thanks for joining me on Think Like a Champion. Share this with someone who needs to hear it. I know you know someone who could benefit from this. Share it with them, please. It makes such a difference. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I want to thank you to those of you who give. And anybody that wants to get on the generosity train, come on. There's plenty of room. Jump on board. Go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give and become generous. Make up your mind to be a giver because on the other side of giving is true living. And the, the world of the generous, the Bible says, will get larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Go to Life Changes Church lifechangerschurch.com slash give and, and extend your generosity to helping us build a community of champions. Thank you in advance again. Until next time, listen, keep forgetting what's behind you. Keep reaching to what's ahead of you and press on to the upward call of God. We're going up and we're going up together. God bless.